beaming to your device directly from a haunted movie theater somewhere in Southern California. It's the Hollywood Horror Nerds, your number one source for news, speculation, and discussion exclusively for Universal Studio Hollywood's Halloween Horror Nights. And now to your host, Undead Ed and the ghoulish Ticketmaster, Alvaro. Hello everyone, welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Hollywood Horror Nerds. We're coming at you again in the month of February with a mini-episode. So this one's going to be a little shorter. We're not going to talk uh, so much about the news, speculation, and the rumors. Today we are looking forward at our 2024 horror movie preview. Now there's a lot of great new movies coming out. I'm specifically interested in Imaginary and other movies that are coming out later during the year. What about you? I think there was a lot. So we got a huge list of maybe 15 horror movies coming out this year. We've selected maybe a dozen of our favorites that we're going to talk about, things that really just caught our eye. that we are, They're on our calendar, and maybe they'll be on your calendar too after we talk about them. So I'm going to give my good friend here, the Ticketmaster, a little information about each movie that made our countdown. I'm going to tell you when they're coming out. He'll give his reaction, and that's going to be it. Yeah. So it's a mini episode, so let's keep it moving right along. Let's jump right into our first movie. This one is actually a movie that came out yesterday. We're recording this on February 10th. This movie was released on February 9th, and it's Lisa Frankenstein. So in this movie, a gothy girl hangs out at a graveyard, and I think it's in the 80s. So she's hanging out at a graveyard writing gothic poetry when somehow the, the corpse of the man she's developed a bit of a crush on from his statue in the cemetery revives, he comes back to life, and she carries on kind of this romantic relationship with this walking corpse. This one caught my eye because I saw the trailer in the movie theater in front of, I think, The Holdovers, which is a great Christmas movie. We're not here talking about Christmas. But this caught my eye because it's such a unique combination of horror and rom-com. It's not something you ever really see ever. It's also directed by Zelda Williams, who is the daughter of Robin Williams, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, so even though he's no longer with us, just that you know caught my eye for a few reasons. However, like I mentioned, this movie is actually out now. It didn't do so hot. It was a bit of a flop on the tomato meter with a 51% critic score and didn't make a ton of money at opening weekend either. But for me, it's still something that if I see it on streaming a few months from now, I might give it a look just because I'm kind of interested in seeing can you pull off the romance and the comedy and the horror all in one movie. Uh, Laura, what's your impression? I think for me, mind you, I haven't seen the previews of this movie. That is my reaction to these takes right now. Um, It sounds a lot like, I think it was a 2014 film called Warm Bodies, in which that one was a zombie movie where a zombie falls in love with a human. So this is a very interesting take on these new movies of falling in love with the monsters that they are with. Yeah, I remember that Warm Bodies movie seemed very much like that Twilight vibe, but with zombies. This one seemed it was a lot more colorful. It had a lot more energy to it. Very kind of pop 80s culture. Uh, and that seemed exciting to me. It was a different take. So Lisa Frankenstein, you might be interested in it. You are probably still in the theaters. If you're watching this episode when it comes out, go give it a look. Next up on our chopping block is a film Alvaro mentioned he's excited for. It's Imaginary, releasing March 4th. This follows a woman who returns to her childhood home to find that her imaginary friend is not only real, but is very angry that she abandoned him. And he becomes the imaginary friend of what I presume is her daughter, uh, but he also becomes very aggressive and he's trying to either take the daughter or hurt the family. 
Uh, so this is a Bloomhouse film, and from the trailers, it, it screams Bloomhouse. It seems very much in that kind of house style they developed with the jump scares to the point where just watching the trailer, there's a moment where a character's kind of trapped in the room with the monster, and she starts fumbling for the lights, and I'm like, no, no, get out, get out, just leave, just leave. <laughs> so it's very much that kind of kind of fun, bloomhouse humor. I also got a bit of a sinister vibe from this one, if you saw those movies, where the children befriend kind of this demonic entity who has them film very scary videos. Uh, is that the same kind of concept that the child of the family has this creepy imaginary friend? You mentioned you were excited for this one. What got you so excited? I think the idea of these imaginary friends taking a life of their own and a- actively affecting in the physical realm, that's always a, an interesting aspect. Also because the creepiness of imaginary friends, because whenever you see a child, they're just in the real world, they're playing, and then they, they stop, pause, look to where there's nothing and say, yeah, my imaginary friend says she don't like you. <laughs> or things of that nature. You're just like, oh... And in this movie, when the imaginary friend doesn't like you, he really doesn't like you. Yeah, so it's always that that real-world creepiness of, yes, imaginary friend phenomenon is a real thing that kids in the real world have. And now you're like, oh, but now they're extra terrifying. So this one is on our release radar for sure. Again, that's March 4th. And now we're going to skip ahead to the end of this month. Here we have a bit of a more horror-adjacent film, but I think anyone listening to this podcast will at least have a passing interest in this one. It's Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. So this is a sequel not, as Avara pointed out to me when we discussed this list, not to the 2016 Ghostbusters. This is a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is itself kind of a follow-up to the original two Ghostbusters films from the 80s which follows, I believe, the granddaughter of Egon Spengler, uh, who is Harold Ramis's character in Ghostbusters. He passed away a few years ago, and it follows his granddaughter. She kind of finds the technology and reforms the Ghostbusters with her friends. In this one, they're also promoting a lot of the original Ghostbusters cast. Uh, Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray are in this. I also saw in the second trailer, Annie Potts even comes back, which was a big treat for me. Uh, I, I didn't expect her to ever come back to Ghostbusters. That was fun. I know in the first one, the, the original cast was there for only a little snippet, so it's possible that they're trying to blow up the Bill Murray aspect in the trailer. And you're going to see every Bill Murray scene in the trailer. He's barely in the real movie. I'm a bit worried about that. It, it just seemed odd to me in Ghostbusters Afterlife that we're following kids. Ghostbusters was, you know, grown men. That's kind of what I like about Ghostbusters. It's such a fun, working-class vibe of a movie. Even though they're scientists, they have kind of that energy to them. I never actually saw Afterlife. If this one gets great reviews, I'll probably go see it. Maybe I'll even watch Afterlife before and talk about it on the podcast. Uh, it's definitely going heavy for the nostalgia play. And I do feel like last year, 2023, was kind of the year where these nostalgia play studios were going for stop working. So maybe this one will buck the trend. Maybe it'll fall prey to it. Who knows? Uh, we won't know till March 22nd. So, Alvaro, what do you think about Ghostbusters Frozen Empire? I think it sounds like in a great uh, time for movies of ghosts again and a bit of nostalgia, especially with everything of the horror nights going on it'd be a great addition for to watch this in that time period it's also worth noting this one the afterlife movie is set in the midwest this one returns to new york city they're back in the iconic firehouse like i said very heavy on the nostalgia i mean the slimer ghost is in the trailer again everything you could imagine from ghostbusters is going to be in this movie so it's definitely getting a big promotion so if you're into ghostbusters this could be the movie for you, March 22nd. Mark it on the calendar. 
moving also on that same date. If you think Ghostbusters is not scary enough, you want a serious dark horror movie, we got you covered. It's Immaculate. So this stars Sydney Sweeney, who you may know from uh, the HBO series Euphoria. It's a bit of a breakout for her. She plays a nun who moves to a convent in Italy. She mysteriously becomes pregnant, uh, which if you know anything about Christianity and Catholicism, uh, virgin becoming pregnant is a bit of a big deal in, a, in that religion. So obviously it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a concern in the covenant, and then creepy things start to happen. This looks like a much more intense horror movie based on the trailer. It's very violent. There's a lot of blood in the trailer. Uh, it's definitely going for that kind of religious horror vibe of these exorcism movies and the omen and that kind of realm. Um, not usually my bag. These, I, I, you know, I love The Exorcist. And other than that, I think a lot of these religious horror movies don't really hit for me. Um, but if you love that kind of genre, you're a big Sydney Sweeney fan, or you just want something in March that's going to be a little more intense, a little scarier, this could be the one for you. Alvaro, what do you think? Well, to me, I love a religious horror. I don't know why. What's the the aspect of it? I really love a good exorcism movie, a good uh, poltergeist uh, action going on. And Immaculate seems to be a little different from that aspect. But from your rendition of it, it sounds like it's going to be an inch, quite an interesting film to watch and look out for. Well, if you're a fan of religious horror, then I got a treat for you because we got a double whammy coming up. There's another one coming out April 5th, 2024. It's the first Omen. So this is a prequel to the Omen movies of yesteryear. This one has an American woman who goes to Italy, I believe. Again, I don't think she's a nun exactly. She may be a nun, but she's going to Italy for religious studies. And once she arrives, she begins to uncover this cult that's attempting to bring about the birth of the Antichrist, which if you've seen the Omen movies, we kind of know that they succeed. Uh, and this is going to the origins of how does that Damien child from those movies actually come into the world in the first place. So if you love The Omen, I've never actually never seen The Omen. Maybe I should watch The Omen. I've heard good things about it. I know the iconic kind of the, the choir song uh, that plays as a theme song. Haven't actually seen the movie. But if you're a big Omen fan and you've been waiting for more Omen, your prayers have been answered. Uh, April 5th. What do you think? Are you excited for the first Omen? I am excited for the first, first Omen. Um, I remember the first Omen came out a while ago. And it looked terrifying, and I didn't end up watching it because <laughs> it was a little too scary for my childhood self. Um, but this looks interesting. I'll probably end up watching the first, oh, like the actual, the movie. actual movie called The First Omen after I watched The Omen that came out a couple years ago. Cool. It was a few decades ago. Yes, <laughs> just a few years. It's been a while since these Omen movies have been coming out. So stepping away from the religious realm. Uh, the next up is kind of a funnier movie. It's a bit of a horror comedy coming out April 19th called Abigail. So this follows the tale of, I believe, four kidnappers who have been recruited by Giancarlo Espinito, who was Gus in Breaking Bad. He's played a variety of roles. So I was really excited to see him in this trailer. Uh, he probably is the thing that got me the most interested in this movie. But he tells, you know, I've kidnapped this woman. Not the woman, I'm sorry. It's a little girl who's a ballerina. Who's the, he says he's the daughter of a very wealthy man who's about to be $50 million poor. So he says we're just going to take care of the girl for the night. We'll get the money. She's not going to get hurt. We give him back. We get rich. No problem. However, it turns out things aren't quite as they seem. Because after Giancarlo leaves, these kidnappers realize they're also locked in with the little girl. And she's not any little girl. She's actually a vampire. And it's less that uh, she's locked in with them. They're locked in there with her. And she's after them. 
Uh, it seemed from the trailer that it was going more for that horror comedy vibe. If you've seen the movie Ready or Not, this is the same kind of production team behind it, and it has kind of that same vibe where it has the thrilling kind of horrific aspect to it, but it's a little lighthearted, you know, a lot of jokes in the trailer, didn't take itself too seriously. Alvaro, I believe this is one that you are actually excited for. Why is that? I'm actually excited because I always loved these vampire um, extra extra supernatural beings. And when this movie, uh, the trailer was released, I saw it and I started laughing. <laughs> I, I started laughing at the absurdity of it all and the fact that what... What um what they thought was an easy kidnapping ends up being the worst decision of their lives. Oh yeah, the last decision of their lives. Nah. If the trailer can be believed. Hopefully. <laughs> so after April, there's a bit of a lull in May. Uh, by the end of June, we got another one coming out. It's going to be a Quiet Place Day One. So if you've seen the first two Quiet Place movies, you know it's about a race of alien, kind of more animalistic aliens that land on Earth. And they only can maneuver based on sound. They have no vision, but they're very attuned to sound. So any sound you make, these really tough alien giant monster things come and just smash you up and eat you. This is about the first day of the attack. It doesn't follow the same characters that we followed in A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2, which was disappointing to me. This is an entirely new scene set in New York City with entirely new characters. I think just in kind of that first 24 hours as people learn we need to start being quiet, how do you make the most populated, loudest place on Earth, New York City, quiet? That's kind of the hook of the movie. I was disappointed because I loved the characters in A Quiet Place. I thought that's what really made the movie great, particularly... Uh, having John Trzynski and Emily Blunt as the married couple. I wasn't interested in Quiet Place Part 2 because, um, not to spoil the whole first movie, but not all the characters make it out of the first one, and I thought you are going to lose some of the dynamic, even though it was a justified death in the first one. I didn't really want to see just a portion of that cast. Continue. I want to see the whole cast. So this, finding a whole new cast, I'm not sure if I'm so in love with the Quiet Place concept that I want to learn whole new characters in that world. I feel like they've kind of been there, done that, but they wanted to be a franchise. The movies do well, so they're trying... What do you think? Are you more excited for a Quiet Place Day One? I'm excited to um, to see this whole new cast and and see how exactly they put they make New York quiet, especially when it's it's rivaled as a city that never sleeps. Yeah. So how do you quiet the city that never sleeps? Uh, I'm excited to see a little bit w- what else they can really fish about the lore of these monsters and anything else that they discover. What is the military? What is the government response to this? Let's see where they go from here. All right. Well, maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe you're, you, have, you have the right take being a little more optimistic on this one. We'll find out on June 28th. Excuse me. Uh, rolling right into July, there's one movie. There's not much known about it, but it got on my list because it has Nicolas Cage. So it's called Long Legs. It releases on July 21st. I'm sorry, 12th. Nick Cage plays a serial killer who's being hunted by the, an FBI agent who is the main character in the movie. And as she investigates him, she starts to uncover occult connections to his killings and a personal connection as well. And she's kind of racing against time to stop him before he kills his next victim. Uh, the trailer seems very creepy. It has a very creepy vibe to it if you watch it. Very abstract trailer as well, so it's hard to discern too much about the plot. But Nick Cage is having a bit of a career renaissance with these low-budget horror thriller movies lately. Uh, so that got this one on my list. I mean, I love Nick Cage to begin with. And it's an interesting plot, seeing him play a deranged killer. That sounds something like something that could definitely be worth watching. What do you think? That sounds like something that's around Nicolas Cage's um, 
uh, uh, backyard. Um, he's definitely has done a lot of crazy roles. So I'm excited to see how he takes this. Okay. So am I. So am I. So moving now into August. On August 2nd, we have a movie called Trap. Now, pretty much nothing is known about Trap at this point. The reason it made my list is because it is directed and written by M. Night Shyamalan, who is someone else who's been having a bit of a career renaissance ever since he released Split, to Glass, to Old, to A Knock at a Cabin. I've loved all those movies. So even though I don't know anything about this one, it was good enough to make the list. What about you? Are you still an M. Night fan or have you fallen off? Well, I saw Old, and Old was quite an interesting film. I wasn't a great fan of it, but seeing how he made it work, I'm excited to see what he does with this. Yeah, I think even if his films aren't always great, they're always interesting. He still has a very strong kind of auteur directorial style that's different from anyone else working today. And I think that alone makes the film worth seeing, unless it's really bad, which maybe this one will be. Uh, they're not all great on the M. Night movies. Uh, moving along, also in August, we have a movie that's going to be releasing only on Hulu. So this one isn't in theaters, but it makes the list because it's titled Alien Romulus. So this is in the Alien universe. that has the famous Xenomorph. We all know from Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection, Alien vs. Predator, Alien vs. Predator Requiem. It seems like endless Alien movies. We got another one coming out. This one is set in between the first Alien and Aliens. Because there's a bit of a time gap there as Ripley kind of just hurdles through space until she's woken up in her cryopod and uh, goes back to Earth and then on to fight the aliens. So uh, very little is known plot-wise what this is going to be about. Um, I really prefer Alien to Alien, so I'm hoping this one takes more of a horror vibe and less of the action vibe that the sequels take on. If you have a Hulu uh, subscription, you might as well check this one out because it's going to be included. Uh, what do you think? you excited for Alien Romulus? I'm excited to see if they bring back the Ripley character, and considering that the actress is not as young as when the first movie. Yeah, I don't think because she'll be. This is set between the two movies, so she is in a cryopod in space. So I'd be maybe a cameo at the end, but that would be the extent of it. Well, that'll be interesting if they somehow make the actress uh, make a bit of a cameo. Maybe not as herself in, in as Ripley, maybe like Ripley's mother or something. Yes, yeah, they could pull that off. Uh, that seems like the kind of thing Disney would do. And this is actually a Disney movie now. They own all the 20th Century Fox properties. So uh, get excited for Alien's debut as a Disney princess. Because she is the daughter of a queen, which makes her an official Disney princess. The Xenomorph queen? Yes. Does this uh, mean that there's going to be a sing-along songs? There will probably be a few sing-alongs. Uh, so moving on from Alien, the next one's probably, we've said before, this is going to be the biggest horror-adjacent movie of the year. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, releasing September 9th. A lot of the cast is coming. Michael Keenan comes back. Winona Ryder comes back. Catherine O'Hara comes back. And it's also adding Jenna Ortega, Monica Belushi, and Willem Dafoe. So it's a pretty stacked cast. Not many details are really out about the plot beyond that we know. I mean, Tim Burton came back to write and direct. He got Beetlejuice himself came back, like I mentioned. Trailer's expected to drop tomorrow, but we really wanted to record today. So you're going to have to go watch the trailer on your own and learn a little bit about the plot. Just knowing that Beetlejuice is back with you know enough of the creative team behind it that's going to feel like a Beetlejuice movie again was enough to kind of get me on board with this movie. We already talked about it a little bit uh, two episodes ago. Uh, anything new for you to add about Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice? I think for Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, I'm just excited to see where they take it. Um, I'm excited for Beetlejuice in general because I remember the time when Beetlejuice used to have a, a show in Universal Studios. Mm. 
And I remember as a kid looking up and seeing Beetlejuice live, and I was like, that's amazing, that's really cool. And now that he's back on the big screen, I'm yeah. most definitely excited for that. He's also had a bit of a renaissance as a stage production that's done very well, particularly among the younger set. So this is really set up to be a big movie for Warner Brothers. Uh, if you're listening to this, be sure to go check out that Super Bowl ad to see if it was any good or not. Next up, in October 18th, we have another sequel, something a little more recent. It's Smile 2. So if you saw Smile, this has the same writer and director coming back. However, it's based on new characters, uh, which is a bit disappointing to me because there was one character in the first movie who I thought this is who the second movie should follow as he keeps trying to battle this kind of smile monster. It possesses people and makes them uh, do kind of evil things while they have this creepy pantomime smile on their face. That's the plot of the movie. And it has a bit of a ring aspect to it where once you see the smile, you're going to be the next in line. So at the end of the movie, this guy sees the smile monster, so he should be set up to be the next one. So learning that we're jumping to a whole new cast and just sticking with him and trying to continue battling the monster we were fighting in the first movie lost a little something for me. But it is the same writer-director, so if it's as good as Smile, I think I'll probably enjoy this one too. Did you see the first one? I have not seen the first one, so I'm definitely going to catch up on the first one to really get the idea of what the premise is. Uh... But I'm excited to see what this goes. If this one gets good reviews, again, the first one did. It's very, it's a very jump-scare-based movie. If you like jump scares, you're going to love Smile. It has probably the most jump scares I've ever seen. And let me just say, I saw this movie with my dad, actually, and he jumped and screamed at every jump scare, which was really funny for me to listen to because I've seen so many horror movies. It's really hard to jump scare me, but uh, he wasn't quite as experienced. So that one really got it. Maybe I'll take it to see Smile, too, as well. Uh, next up, also in October, is another movie we mentioned before on the podcast. It's Terrifier 3. So if you remember our discussion of Terrifier, these are kind of ultra-gory slashers that really kind of revel in being ultra-gory slashers, and they don't shy away from that in the least bit. The last one, Terrifier 2, was set at Halloween. Terrifier 3 is set at Christmas time. Again, the director's returning, the character playing the main slasher, Art the Clown, he's returning, and the main uh, leading actress from Terrifier 2 also returns, so a lot of the cast is returning. I believe they filmed this at the same time as Terrifier 2, because it's a very fast turnaround. This one's coming out, I think, just a year or two after the last one. So, again, I think we talked about Terrifier already. I don't think you've seen them either. Is Terrifier 3 going to move the needle for you? I think so. Uh, The more I hear about the lore of Art the Clown... The more it seems like it's such an interesting film to catch up on. Perhaps not uh, in a darkened room. Yeah. Um, probably have the lights on. But <laughs> let's see where this goes. Uh, I'm excited to see what art does and what what is the lore behind him. Very cool. Very cool. Next up, we have Sticking in October. Released on the same day, October 25th, is The Wolfman. So if you remember a few years ago, Universal put out an Invisible Man movie with Elizabeth Moss, uh, sorry, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, this has the same director as that one, so I think they're trying to reboot their Universal Monsters kind of in these more intellectual, kind of low-budget kind of movies, and this is continuing that vein. The Wolfman is a movie that I personally loved, the original 1940s version with Lon Chaney. I liked The Invisible Man, didn't love the remake. Um, I liked it, not loved it, loved the original. So this one I'll go check out. I think it'll be worth a look at the very least. I think The Wolfman's always fun for movies. They've attempted to reboot him a few times again. This is, I think, the second time in the last five years they'll be attempting a reboot. What about you? Are you excited to see more Wolfman on the big screen? Well, I was not excited when I... I was excited when I first saw The Wolfman, 
saw the Wolfman, and then I was like, oh, well, this is mostly because I I didn't see this movie until I was a an adult. I think you showed it to me. So by that time, I already seen I was already used to all these movies with great special effects, mm. and seeing the original way that they made movies is it felt kind of womp womp <laughs> for me. But the idea of of this premise still excites me. I'm I'm excited to see just the idea of the Wolfman. W- w- where is this going? Now we only have one movie left. We didn't mention this was a mini episode, so you know you're free to spend the rest of your day as you will. You spend all day with us today. Uh, the last movie coming out this year that we thought was notable in the horror genre is Nosferatu, scheduled for December 25th. This has Robert Eggers is ready and directing it. He's known for The Witch, which is spelled with two V's instead of a W, but just pronounced Witch, because we're not too pretentious on this podcast. He also did The Lighthouse. Uh, he has Bill Skarsgård, who you might know as Pennywise the Dancing Clown, is playing the Nosferatu character. If you don't know who Nosferatu is... Uh, when Dracula was written in the 19th century, uh, there were some German filmmakers in the early 20th century who then wanted to make a film of it in the very early days of black and white silent films. So they couldn't get the rights to Dracula from Bram Stoker's widow. So they just made Nosferatu, who they claimed was the original character. Uh, but he's basically Dracula just with a bald head and longer fingernails. Um, and they didn't have to pay the rights. Eventually she sued and she got money from Nosferatu back. But he's kind of endured as the first Dracula film so this is going to be kind of a new spin on that. So imagine Dracula with a scarier look. If you like Robert Eggers' films, I imagine you'll like this one. Uh, I kind of hate them. So I, <laughs> this is probably going to be a skip for me. Because I, I saw The Witch. I was like, this is kind of interesting. I see what they're trying to do. I don't really like it, but I get it. I saw The Lighthouse, and I was like, this is this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So I'm going to be out on this one. But if you love Robert Eggers, uh, you're probably going to like this one too. How about you? Are you excited for Nosferatu? I think I liked the idea of Nosferatu just because it has Bill Skarsgård. He was a great Pennywise. So if he's Nosferatu in this film, I'm going to see it for the creepiness that Bill tends to bring to his films. So, yeah. Okay. I will describe it to you. If okay, you don't yeah. watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, I, if you give me the stamp of approval, maybe I'll go see it. But my experience is these films are usually really weird and uh, not in a way that I tend to enjoy. So that's going to do it for 2024. Uh, There are other horror movies coming out, of course, and if one of them kind of breaks through, we'll talk about it on the podcast. And, of course, keep your eyes peeled to your local theaters to see anything that we didn't mention that you might be excited for. But we hope you learned something today. You learned to mark a few dates on your calendars to see some movies at the theater that you might be excited for. Yes. Uh, Anything to add? I'm excited to see these films. I'm excited to see these new trailers as they roll out. And, yeah, let's... Let's catch some popcorn. All right. This is the Hollywood Horror Nerd saying see you at the movies. Thank you for listening to this production of the Hollywood Horror Nerds. We know you have many options for your listening entertainment, and we're glad you chose us. Find us on Instagram at Hollywood Horror Nerds, on X, HW Horror Nerds, and YouTube at Hollywood Horror Nerds. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite alternative podcast site to ensure you don't miss next month's episode. And until then, stay scared out there.